Why sober is dope? Why not? Why not? Why not be great? Why not set an example? You sober curious, come on board. If you struggling, don't be afraid. Fear's not an option. We want transformation. We want people to live. If you sober minded, then you're clear headed. You're closer to the source. You're closer to the all. You're closer to a higher vibration. Why is sober is dope? Because sobriety is life. There's no fear, there's no anxiety, there's no depression, there's no running from your problems, it's facing your fears, facing everything, no doubt, no going backwards, it's upward mobility, we moving forward, it's time to man up, okay, it's time to man up, why sober is dope, because sobriety is, it's the original panacea, you want to be healthy, you want to become a millionaire, You want to live your best life? And sometimes we have to make sacrifices. Everyone could talk a good game, but not many of us is willing to make a sacrifice. If you're struggling out there, don't be afraid. If if you're drugged out, there's hope. If you can't put that bottle down for some reason, it's hope. Why sober is dope? Because it is. It's life. And we promote life. We promote transformation and new beginnings. Yeah, let's get it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober's Dope Podcast, episode 23, with your host, Pop Buchanan. How are you doing today, ladies and gentlemen? It's been about uh, five days since our last podcast, roughly... Um, and life is great. We just launched our Sober is Dope shop where we have a bunch of beautiful items that you guys can pick up to help spread the message of Sober is Dope and sobriety and how awesome our sobriety is. And we also have been rolling out some commercials online and been promoting the message and it's very exciting. Um, being a hip hop artist, as you all, as you guys know, um, coming out about my alcoholism in my past on my public Instagram music page was a big step for me because, you know, being a hip hop artist, you're not always gonna let everyone know everything about yourself off the top. So, you know, you get a few, you know, through time, you get a few, you get an idea through my music that, you know, maybe there was something in my past I was struggling with, but I never really came outright and just said, hey, I'm Pop Buchanan, I'm six years sober, I'm an alcoholic, and I'm in recovery, and this is my story. So I took those, took that step recently, and the response has been very warm. And um, I think I have a lot, I have about 29,000 followers on Instagram, and a lot of them are young kids, and people within my peer group so you have anyone from 15 years old following me to 60 years old 
And you know, so that's twenty nine thousand people who can see the message of sober be is sober. That sober is dope, and the response has been beautiful. So I ha- I thank God for that because I just want to give back and paying it forward. Uh, I have to tell my story and I have to give my testimony. Um, so today's episode, I want to talk about forgiveness, and um, I just want to really just talk about it. It's a really is one of the largest subjects when you deal with addiction um, in our human condition. You know, um, anger, resentment, anxiety um, are really strong triggers and drivers for the addict and for the human. And we all go through life holding on and harboring frustration and pain. And I think that forgiveness is the greatest step towards salvation because it it really, 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 really frees you and gives you the space to breathe again because you can't hold on. And until I was able to understand forgiveness, I was just really, really holding on to a lot of anger, misplaced anger, misguided anger, frustrations, and it was just dark, and it was just a vicious cycle, and I don't know how to explain it, it's just, you know, it was really, it's really it was really rough for me, because, um, you know, I was angry from relationships, I was angry at colleagues. I was angry at my past. I was angry that I lost my father. I was angry that my life wasn't where I expected it to be. I was angry because, you know, someone that I love left me. I was angry that, you know, the real estate market collapsed and I couldn't make money the way I was accustomed to. I was angry for a host of reasons, right? And I never understood the concept of forgiveness and forgiving myself for um, all the damage and destruction and frustration I put myself through. I mean, I did a lot. And, you know, I know the addict, if you're out there and you're struggling with addiction, you may have you may feel like you done broke too many, burned too many bridges and, you know, closed too many doors and just made a mess of your life. And you might feel like there's no coming back. But the some of the first steps, you have to be willing to change. And then you have to be willing to forgive yourself first before you can even address forgiving anyone else that you may have caused any pains and making any form of amends. You have to start to mend your heart and forgive yourself and give yourself a pass and free passage to start over, all right? Because we all deserve a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. I mean, there's no glass ceiling on mercy. There's no glass ceiling on forgiveness. And there's no glass ceiling on redemption. So it's very important. And for me, honestly, um, and this goes, as we know, Sober is Dope is a community about all forms of addiction, behavioral addiction, process addictions, substance abuse addiction. So it's just not about alcoholism or drugs. You know, if you are if you are a compulsive gambler, 
you have to forgive yourself for the damage you may have caused yourself and your loved ones financially. If you're a compulsive liar, you're going to have to get some therapy and and learn how to forgive yourself. And part of forgiveness is um, and making amends and repentance is making a decision to change your behavior. You know, forgiveness doesn't work if you continue to, to act all right, of hurting, lying, deceiving, or whatever it is, okay, if you want forgiveness, you have to be willing to change first, so that's the biggest thing, and I was going to read some technical stuff and go through some technical guidelines, but honestly, on this subject matter, I just want to speak from my own experience and from my heart, because I have a lot of experience in this, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be six years sober if I didn't do the work and I have no desire to drink or go back in my past and create any more problems. Everything in my life is about structure, living a drama-free life, living a conflict-free life, and a peaceful life. And, you know, um, when I was really getting drunk and it was really bad, it was usually tied to loss it was tied to separation anxiety. If I was, if I broke up with a, with someone, or if someone broke up with me, if I was having relationship issues, so love and addiction, and love and forgiveness, and love and sobriety is some of the biggest drivers for us. Um, you know, there's new drug addicts and alcoholics being converted every day from a bad breakup, right? And God forbid you're someone that's genetically pre. Um, um, genetically predisposed to um, having an addiction. So, you know, you may not know it. You may not know you're an alcoholic yet, you know. You may be someone who could who could just one day be sad and go, go out for drinks and then com- the depression, the anxiety, and everything compounded along with that one drink could leave you down a rabbit hole that does not stop. Right. Uh, And that's what addiction is. And you may not be aware of that. You may not even know it yet. So if you're listening to this and you know someone that's going through a breakup or they're going through some pain and they're hitting a bottle heavy, heavy. That creates a form of pity that creates a a really dark wormhole of self-destruction, self-deprecation and just sadness, depression, and um, darkness. You know, I remember sitting in the room when I was depressed and I was just listening to Mad World. If you guys ever heard Mad World, oh my God, uh, Mad World. This song is the um, all around me, all familiar faces, worn out places, worn out places. This song is the saddest song. I don't even know how these guys was managed to tap into this frequency of sadness. But I discovered Mad World right after a breakup. I just bought Moby's album, which was one of the saddest uh, uh, albums on the planet. So I'm listening to Mad World on repeat. Michael Jackson and Dan and, um, and, and, and Moby, you know. And I'm talking about it was the most depressing month ever because I was just sitting there very upset, very hurt, 
and I'm listening to these sad songs and it became addictive. It became that pain and sadness could also be addictive, right? And then I'm just drinking, I'm drinking and I'm not eating and that literally threw me into a whole year or two of just destruction because after that, I just never was able to get back on my feet. I was just, I took the sadness and the depression and just ran with it. So... When we're talking about addiction and sobriety and we're talking about humanity and our human condition, sadness and depression has a lot to do with a lot of these process addictions, behavior addictions and substance abuse addictions. All right. Um, You have to learn how to cope without drugs and alcohol and you have to learn to confront your fears And it all starts with forgiveness, right? Forgiving the person that left you, right? Because it takes two to tangle. And most likely you you was 50 to 100% complicit in the whole breakup, right? So no one is like just, oh, whoa, me. I don't think people just wake up and just dump people for no reason. I mean, you have rare cases with someone just like, look, I found somebody that's hotter. I'm not into you no more. But usually... Um, there's signs that your mate will give you that they're unhappy. And I used to ignore those signs. And um, that was part of growing up. Now I try not to ignore in my current relationship. I try to pay attention. And I know I have to work, do a lot of work there. But I'm mindful, right? And we talk a lot about accountability. And in a relationship, you have to be accountable for your actions, So part of forgiveness is forgiving yourself, taking responsibility and being accountable and letting go. Right now, do you have to forget? um, Can you forgive and not enable that behavior or that pain or someone inflicting that pain on you again? Can you forgive and just totally move on with your life and find a whole? Yes, yes, you can. So I forgave, but I kept moving forward. I didn't go back trying to, you know, when I repaired my relationships with my exes and I repaired my relationships with the people that hurt me, that was a part of me making amends for myself and for them, right? So when you're in recovery, you're going to hear a lot of concepts about making amends and and you can't make try to make amends when it's going to cause damage or pain to the person, Right. So if someone is saying like your presence is really hurtful to me and I don't want to see you, you can't show up to their house unannounced and saying, just let me in so I could make amends because you're going to be creating a more of a damaging, toxic environment for that person. So you're not allowed to do that. It's not recommended. Make amends when it doesn't cause any pain and uh, and give it time. So part of my recovery process, I had to reach out to people spiritually that I felt like I really hurt. Right. And I never reached out to them and asked them for forgiveness. I just apologized for what I did and just said, I love you and I'm sorry. And I hope that, you know, you could remember the good times we had. And I hope you understand that I was I was struggling with and I have an addiction and I'm doing the work. Now, note to the addict, you can't use forgiveness, a false sense of forgiveness or um, uh, in in order to. try to get back into someone good graces so you could take advantage of them again right because if you're not ready you know my advice is as far as forgiveness don't seek forgiveness until you're really sure that you change permanently 
like the behavior, the, the reason why you're asking for forgiveness, that action or behavior has is being dealt with and you feel confident that you're not going back to that. Because the worst thing you could do, and you see this a lot, is you go to someone and say, hey, I'm two weeks clean. I had an epiphany. Please forgive me. And then you relapse of three days later and you're back at the person in the person's face screaming at them and, and cursing them out. And you're, you're, you're creating that same toxic environment give it time understand why you're asking for forgiveness right don't be an egomaniac and just be like oh 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 i just want anybody to forgive me because i'm a changed person and i need forgiveness no you have to forgive yourself first and you have to put the work in right i didn't start seeking forgiveness for anyone with it until my first my like my first yes solid year and then I did it through actions. So I would come around people that are hurt and I would be quiet and I would just say, you know, I'm in recovery and this is what I'm doing. And when the person was started to strike up a conversation with me and I knew it was a warm opening, I would say, hey, by the way, you know, I'm sorry if anywhere I hurt you and I hope you could forgive me and I love you and blah, blah, blah. Right. But it wasn't like I was pounding my my recovery in their face and look at me, so forgive me now because I'm doing this. I was really serious about getting well and doing the work. And the largest part of that was forgiving myself, right? So look, you know, we all look at the news and we all have a sense that there's aspects of our life and this planet and this world and our society that's really struggling. You know, we have wars, we have a lot of crime, a lot of people, a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of people hurting. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want to motivate everyone, not just the addict, not just someone struggling, not just someone in recovery. If you are out there and you have someone in your life that you need to speak to and you have some part of your life that you need to address and you feel like you're in pain and you don't know how you got to cut you give yourself a break. Give yourself a break, man. Sit down, write down exactly why you're hurting. You know, figure out your fears, figure out your shortcomings. Figure out the people that's important to you, right? And take some accountability and ownership and start the process of learning how to love yourself again, forgive yourself, and let that stuff go, right? Let go of all the negatives, all of the what-ifs, and start fresh. How will my life be with a blank slate? Who in my life can I reach out to for support? Right. You'll be surprised how many people are willing to forgive once they know you're really you're willing to change. So forgiveness is a beautiful thing, but you have to really um, make sure that, you know, you are. um... Sorry, guy. I'm just looking out. I'm just looking out the window, and I just see a um, person holding a sign up. Um, I'm gonna go talk to them. This guy look like he's really going through it. Wow. See, that's why I'm doing this podcast, man. There's this person out here that look like, oh, you know, he just totally sick, and he just looks like he's been going. He's using drugs or something, and he's asking people for money. No one is paying him no attention. Poor guy. You know, 
you know, it's sad sometimes, you know, with the homeless people or someone that's struggling with addiction. It's just dark, man. It's crazy. I'm doing a podcast with you guys and I'm looking and I'm like, wow, look, someone here. So I'm going to go after when I'm done. I see he's not he, he's in the same place. I'm going to go see if he wants something to eat and talk to him, um, you know, and see what we could do to help this guy. But um, ladies and gentlemen, listen. Um, forget. So as far as forgiveness, forgive yourself, love yourself. Um, and you know, allow yourself room to grow, you know, and until I, and I, and I I would say this, I, I didn't have any idea that I, I needed to forgive myself or I needed, I didn't even understand the concept. You know, you can read all you want, but when you're in a dark place and you feel like you realize you. So let me give you an example. I'm sorry, guys. When you're in a dark place and you realize you did too much, you caused too much damage, you may feel like there's no coming back. So for me at this period, when I was really intoxicated, you know, I had a fight with my mom. It wasn't nothing physical because it's my mother, but it was a bad fight to the point my mom said, don't come around for a while. That stuck with me heavy because my mom is my best friend. So that's there. Then my ex-girlfriend broke up with me, which I, I was with her for seven years. And that was a really powerful breakup for me because I wasn't ready. And that was there, right? And then... I did things in my professional life where um, I just wasn't creating any momentum and I let a lot of things go. And, you know, so there was aspects in my professional life that was falling apart. That was there. Then it was all the times where I got drunk and lashed out on someone or had like some dark or angry went off on some angry tangent or tear about something and I hurt someone's feelings. And then it's the multiple times I disappointed family members and friends to the point to where they probably felt like they didn't really want to come around no more or they just hope I wasn't going to call up with the same old, same old, right? And then it was the financial attempts, you know, trying to, you know, you know, taking advantage of situations so I get more money to get more drunk, right? Um, and then... It was professional responsibilities that wasn't I wasn't on top of. And then it was bills that was compounding. So being responsible but falling into addiction, I'm like, oh, my God. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, I have bills. I have responsibility. What's going to happen with my student loans? So all of these bill collectors is calling me. And then on top of that, I can't stop drinking because I'm an alcoholic. And I don't know why I can't stop drinking because at this point... I didn't do any of the work and I didn't get any treatment. So I didn't know what was going on with me. I was just a a hurt person that was going through a lot of going through this process of addiction and didn't understand why chemically I couldn't stop drinking. So that was stuck with me. And then on top of all of that, it was the sense of disappointment, loss and insecurity. Then on top of all of that, it was a sense of obscurity because I was all alone and by myself and waddling in my fears and depression. And then on top of that, I had younger people around me that I looked up to me that was living with me at the time. Like, you know, my girlfriend, who's now my girlfriend, she was just coming into the fold. And then, um, you know, I had people that live with me that I took care of. I had tenants that I had to, I was responsible for that knew me when I was responsible and that was witnessing me going through this darkness. So that was there. And then I had, you know, business partners who was like, 
like, oh man, one of our most important pieces to our puzzle is struggling with something and we don't know why. And then it's my dad's death from a child that's there. And then it's me being estranged from that life. And all. So think about all of that. That's what's going through my mind as a person that's struggling with alcoholism, compounded with grief, loss, and a breakup. That's enough to make anyone go insane. And I know a lot of you could identify with a lot of those thought permutations and thoughts and processes, right? So we're all going through our life and we have all of these things that stacked against against us. And then the walls start to close in and then we start to get suffocated. Then we can't breathe and then we feel like there's no way out and then we can't create no momentum and we get stuck in a negative vortex and a negative state of being and a negative. So now you have no motivation, you're zapped of inspiration and compounded for the addict, you have drugs and alcohol that's tearing your life apart. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So where do we start? Right? You start with putting things in perspective, forgiving yourself, trying to figure out how to do the steps, Right? Whatever that may mean. I mean, if you if you're alcoholic, you may have to get you're gonna have to go to detox and rehab and find a program, seek psychiatry, counseling, deal with stuff. But if you're a drug addict, you're gonna have to do the same thing. If you're a per- person that's addicted to behaviors like food, um, a, uh, um, gambling, sex, pornography, work, shopping, uh, anything like that, you're gonna have to do the work. If just being a human, we're going to have to do the work. But part of doing the work is forgiving ourselves for our shortcomings. We are human. We're born with free will and we're born flawed. We're born imperfect. I like to say we're perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect. Right. But all of these things have to be put in perspective and then you have to slow down and then you have to prioritize prioritizing is very important because you have to put yourself first it goes god then yourself and then your family and friends but then if you're you're struggling with addiction it's god yourself and your addiction you have to put these things in perspective and take all of the time you need but you start by forgiving yourself loving yourself again and making a new commitment recommitting to a new life and a new choice all right As a Christian and a child of God, I can say this. One thing I always understood growing up as a Catholic was that we couldn't seek repentance and confession unless we were willing to change the things that we were confessing to our priest. So if I went to my priest and said, Lord, uh, Father, it's been three years since my last confession. And then I, I stole, I robbed and I lied and I cheated. And I'm a terrible husband and I'm a serial cheater. The priest is going to give me an act of contrition and I'm going to have to go through some steps. I'm going to have to say a certain amount of prayers, Hail Mary, Station of the Cross or whatever. But I can't seek repentance unless in my heart I'm willing to change. So God forgives us. His mercy is unwavering, but you have to be committed in your heart to change. So if you're not willing to change and you're just asking for forgiveness or repentance, then it's not real. 
right? It's not real. And it's just going to still be a pending problem and a looming issue. So my thing is forgiveness is just like confessing, confession, forgiveness and, you know, and um, if you're truly contrite and you truly desire to start over, you have to forgive yourself. And by doing that, you have to say, I'm committed to change. And then you can seek asking others for forgiveness you don't have to condone others' behavior. You don't have to condone other people's pain that they cause you. You don't have to forgive, but you have to let go and you have to be willing to be forgiven and you have to be willing to forgive and love again. People say you don't have to, you can forgive, but you don't have to forget. I forgive, but if I can't forget, then I forgive, then I move on. I don't stay in that person's square. I move on. I say, I forgive you, I love you, I have no drama, but you're not going to be in my presence anymore, and I'm not going to be in yours, and I'm going to stay away because, you you know, I, you know I, I moved on, right? But that's rare in my life. I don't have anyone that I forgave that I have to stay away from. I have people that I vowed never to go around because they're just toxic, but that's a different subject matter. So, ladies and gentlemen, I love you. I'm going to wrap this episode because this gentleman over here that I'm looking at looks like he needs a lot of help. And I'm just going to go ask him if he needs some food and if he wants, you know, to talk. Because, you know, I don't know what his situation is. But I know addicts, if they're not ready for change, then the most you could do is give them moral support and help them and give them resources. So I'm just going to make sure I can help this guy. But I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. This is the Sober is dope podcast episode 23 like michael jordan you know the number 23 is the lucky number i love you all god bless you and don't forget to leave me a a review on itunes we're on spotify breaker check out our sober is dope shop which is at sober is dope.net Okay, we have a lot of cool things there. Everything from stickers, inexpensive stickers, $3 to spread the message, to give to someone as a gift, mugs, fanny packs. Uh, We have book bags. We have sweaters, T-shirts, whatever, hats. We have something for everyone. So go support. The reason why we do that is every time someone sees a sticker or a T-shirt, it'll draw them back to the podcast and hopefully get someone that needs help the help that they need and the inspiration that they need because we're in the business of motivating and giving back. I love you all. God bless you. Have a great day. I'm going to cut to a message from our sponsor and we're going to end with a song. You know the usual format. God bless you guys and go in peace.
universal understanding.